This episode of Adventures in Aurelia is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Interparty Conflict, Chai Kai, Fred on Fire, Evora Dawn, Zach B, and Dungeons and Randomness on Patreon. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Adventures in Aurelia. And welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Chantel, and I play Kanina, a tiefling sorcerer. I'm Krista, and I play as Ariel, who's an Asmar Divine Soul Sorceress. I'm Chris, and I play as Rim, a human paladin. And I'm Caitlin, I play Tempest, a water genasi ranger. And I'm Damien, and I am the Dungeon Master. This episode, we'd like to give a shout out to Cast Junkies. Cast Junkies is a wonderful community of podcasters and podcast listeners that I joined a couple months ago now. I discovered them through Reddit, decided to to go see what they were about, and I've really been enjoying being a part of this community. It is filled with podcasters of many different genres. There are many different shows that are all promoted through there, and it's just been a wonderful community to hang out with. I hang out with the uh, mostly in the advice areas, the, the creators' advice uh, Discord channels to help people on their production for shows, and I hang out in the actual play Discord area to talk about actual play podcasts, because that's what we do. Cast Junkies! I'll post a link to their Discord in the show notes for this episode because I don't think they have a clever link and if they do I don't know what it is hello tabletop gamers do you want the most out of your gaming experience have you ever had to deal with a problem player do you have a rules dispute you aren't sure how to handle are you looking for ways to speed up or streamline your RPG sessions well I'm Gabe and I'm Jeff and we're the hosts of interparty conflict a podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible we answer questions like what is the best way to find or start a game should I include called shots in D&D how to deal with a fellow player who hogs the spotlight and when should I introduce dragons email us your questions and we'll discuss them on air we'll help you avoid or start interparty conflict ding Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you find podcasts. So, you know, probably five minutes faster than Tempest and Rem, Ariel and Kanina make their way to the horses. Princess, as you guys are, like, getting real close, kind of, like, is, is stamping its hooves a little bit and bobbing its head up and down. Seems kind of restless. And Princess, they're there. I pull out some carrots and give Princess some carrots, give the no-name horse some carrots, too. I mean, you're perfectly capable of adoring and giving it a name as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's no-name. Kanina will probably go ahead and start getting the stuff for the wagon ready and looking around. She'll go ahead and prod Ariel to make make sure that we get some lighting up for everyone. How is it dark? It's getting there. You're you're start. You're in evening officially. It's like seven thirty at this point. After feeding them, then I'll focus on. Uh, are we camping here? Or are we getting in the wagon and going? I would imagine we're camping for them. All right, I'm gonna go hunt for something to light up. Then Kanina will be going ahead and just prepping up for camp. Maybe putting away anything that uh, we had on us, packs and whatnot, and then. She'll go ahead and help Ariel try to maybe just put up some stuff for light. Yeah, because you guys have traveled for, like, almost two days with your packs, so it's probably going to feel good to to get the weight off. We'll go ahead and start getting a campfire ready, because we will want to probably have fire, and then also source of light that Ariel can provide, just like we did last time, keep it extra secure. Yeah, and there was some, like, partially dried out venison that you guys had had left here because it would have been too much to carry. So I suppose that if you're getting a fire ready, you can cook, like heat and cook that the rest of the way through. Yep. I guess Kanina will go ahead and take charge of maybe getting some food ready unless anyone wants to do some hunting. And she'll go ahead and uh, at least start getting that prepped. 
I don't think we need to hunt. We did take a lot of deer meat. Yeah, that's what I mean. So she's getting that stuff ready. It's I'm just... going to take a night <laughs> off. It's all right with you. Oh, yeah. No, we should have plenty of food here. So I think we should be good with just making do with what we have. We do have a lot of it. If there's any any uh, role play you guys want to do as you guys are getting camp ready and getting dinner made and eating around the fire and getting ready for your for your rest. You guys want to talk about anything that's happened over the last couple days since you've been kind of on edge and I imagine you'd be a little less, still a little on edge, but a little less than you have been since you're out of the woods now. Yeah, I would say it's probably a relief to get back to our wagon and our horses at the very least, you know, have almost like it's almost like having your own base to kind of <laughs> defend yourself. Nothing like a little food and drink to help us settle in. <laughs> Kenina, I guess we'll go ahead and mention Lyrian. She'll just be like, oh, Lyrian Woodwalker. That was quite an interesting encounter we had. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure what I thought about him. Yeah, I thought he, he looked like it was interesting. I wish he was a little bit more forthcoming with uh, wanting to help get rid of the whole null problem, but <laughs> it's understandable if he wants to just keep to himself. Just seems so out of place. Yeah, I suppose. His mannerisms didn't seem like somebody who just decided to live in the woods. I don't know. Sometimes magic has a calling that we don't always understand. So. True. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, especially since you kind of came into your sorcerer's powers all of a sudden. So. Yeah. And I don't really, you know, understand the calling that was bestowed upon me either. Hmm. Yeah, I wish we could have learned a little bit more from him, but I don't really know what else we could ask since he do- did seem to want to uh, keep to himself and he didn't really seem too out of place to me. It was just, it was just an interesting encounter. You don't never know who you'll run into in places like this, I guess, but it is quite the large forest. There's a lot of books about herbs and and uh, the one I was looking at was, you know, like the druid circles it said, and then uh, the page I was reading, though, was about the pixies. Oh, that sounds quite interesting. That'll be yeah, good to fun. know. <laughs> yeah, if you've learned anything from the book, you might want to give some tips to the people we'll be sending into the woods. I did tell Twig, so hopefully she'll tell other people, you know. I do find Twig strange. <laughs> oh. They were within a few hours of a clearing where pixies go to gather mushrooms and Twig knew nothing of it. Yeah, she's probably one of many. Who knows? <laughs> You'd think she would know that they follow, you know, some sort of natural calling to those clearings. Those, those mushrooms are important to pixies. Seems like Twig might not be from this area. Perhaps not a local pixie. Oh, I wonder if maybe he rescued Twig somehow. And she just, as a young pixie, just, you know, befriended him and just decided to stay with him versus go with, you know, her family or something. Possible. So she just didn't really learn all the stuff that maybe the other pixies know. I guess that's the story we didn't get to ask him about. (laughs) We didn't really have time. Oh, yeah. But um, I guess at least we found out some good information about the Knoll encampment, about where it is. And I think we left a pretty good path. Good job, Tempest, all those markers. Thanks. Yeah. I have done it without you. It's nice to know how to do stuff like that, and I'm glad to learn a little bit from you. But yeah, we'll have to, I guess, head back to Starin in the morning and tell Captain Nulian about what we found so that they can get together their uh, hunting party, so to speak. Yeah. Have to debrief about what we've seen. Let him know what the next step would be for him. Indeed. Hmm. I wish we could have found a little bit more solid evidence about Grimfang, but I didn't want us to put ourselves too far into risks. So <laughs> Even if all we find is the Nolan camp, it's something. Yeah, it's better to come back with some news instead of not coming back at all. I have a question. Do you think Barrowbeard wants us to just tell anybody of his name? Or are we supposed to actually keep that a secret? Unless, you know, it's somebody that we trust. Um, I don't think he said that we needed to keep it a secret. He didn't seem offended or alarmed by the fact that I said that I would tell someone his name. So I do think we should maybe give it to just the few people in charge. I'm just worried, you know, if that that Druid person is actually not very nice and he goes and finds the Barrowbeard and says his name, then Barrowbeard's going to think that we sent them or sent him. And what if that person isn't nice? 
Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. I mean, he seemed like a nice guy. Um, I don't really know him, though. Uh, I suppose, but I like to think, I mean, he could have been, he could have snuck up on us and done some bad things if he's a magic user, so. We did, you know, go into his area uninvited after all, so. And he did treat us to tea and had a nice conversation with him, so. I don't yeah. know, I guess, I guess it's hard to tell sometimes if the person's good or bad, but hopefully he won't turn out for the worse in this situation. I don't think we did the wrong thing, but... I think from here on out, we should just protect his name. Yes, I suppose. I mean, he will be going to sleep after all, too, um, soon, if nobody comes around, so they may not even get to meet him if they don't set out soon, so... We'll see, I guess, when we head back. Uh, I think we should set up another watch, just to keep ourselves alert in case of anything that comes across the road in the night, so... I'll volunteer for first watch. I guess I'll go next. I'll take the last. Okay. I'll go there. With that, Kanina will probably, I guess, climb up into the wagon. Not like inside of it, but like where you drive it. And keep watch from there. So at this point, does everyone want to uh, go ahead and uh, begin their rests? Uh, Kanina was going to take watch first. Go ahead and uh, roll me a flat d20. Six. Uh, I mean, Kadena has, like, probably the easiest watch for now. Kind of watching as the sun goes down. I imagine, like, this watch is is happening from about nine to ten. You watch the, the sun go down. See it kind of set behind the city of of Port Norsal, like you can see over the vineyard, some of the the taller buildings, because you are closer to that city from here. And you're just kind of watching and listening. Um, do, do you focus, like, out at the road, or do you focus more at the forest, since you're, like, right on the edge of it? I would say she would probably be more alarmed by the forest because since the road's a little bit more open, she feels like she'd be able to see something with her peripherals a little bit better or something along those lines. So she'd probably keep the forest under her watch more carefully. So you are like looking into the forest and watching. The sun is is setting. So throughout your watch, just gradually the, the trees in front of you start to kind of meld together and fade out from your vision as the sun sets down and you can't really distinguish one tree from another anymore. And slowly you, you hear the sounds of the woodland creatures of the forest kind of awakening. You hear the sound of wolves howling far off into the distance. You uh, you hear like the, the bugs that come out chirping and you just try and keep your ears open for anything that sounds unusual mixed in. Go ahead and roll me perception. Natural 20. Let's do it. 22. Getting towards the end of your watch, like in the last 15 minutes or so, you hear the sound of something kind of deeper into the forest, but it's heavy footsteps. You hear crunching through the underbrush. How close does it sound? A couple hundred feet away. Kanina will go ahead and kind of softly jump down from her post on the wagon and go to wake up Ariel. She'll just kind of quietly shake her and be like, Hey, Ariel, mm-hmm. I hear something big nearby. It doesn't seem like it's coming toward us quite yet, but it's a couple hundred yards away. So, feet, what would you say? Sorry. A couple hundred feet. A couple hundred feet away. Let's not get its attention. It could be another bear. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Sounds large. Ariel, go ahead and go ahead and roll perception. Natural twenty plus two. <laughs> so, especially with the the help of uh, Kanina, you're, you're saying that don't don't draw its attention, and you're I imagine listening into the forest as well, and you're able to to pick out what what you imagine is exactly what Kanina is talking about. This this kind of slow, steady pace of something crunching through the forest. But it, it seems to be running east-west, which is opposite 
the direction that, that you guys are going. Like, it, it is opposite of coming towards you. It would have to be coming to the north to be walking in your direction. How long do you guys just kind of stand and wait there? Probably until the sounds of it kind of fade into the distance. Like, we'll kind of be on alert, I think, because yeah. we'd want to make sure that <laughs> nothing happens and if we can wake the others if we need to, we can. About five five minutes of just listening to it pass and slowly like like slow enough that it doesn't stand out until it's completely changed course it's walking towards the west and it starts arcing to the north but now it's instead of being kind of parallel to you it is like a couple hundred feet off to the west of you guys did it sound like an abrupt change? No, it was a very slow, steady arc. It's still relatively the same distance away, except now it is coming north, which is the direction that you guys are, but not at you guys. Alright, um, I guess Nina and Low Tones kind of over to our aerial and just be like, uh, do you want me to stay up with you for this watch since that large uh, sounding creature over there hasn't gone away quite yet? I don't feel comfortable leaving you alone in case it starts to attack or redraw its attention somehow. I'll keep listening. If it gets close, then I'll wake you up. I think you need to get some sleep, though. All right, if you're sure. Yep. What's your guys' lighting situation right now? I would imagine the, the campfire is probably burned down low. It's still lit, but it's, you know, a little bit lower. And then we probably have... Uh, My light would have been only one hour, so and I was asleep, so yeah. there wouldn't be any light. That would just me. be the low light from the campfire, probably. Okay. Which Kenina probably, you know, made sure to keep up while she was on her guard. Okay. We're about a half hour into Ariel's watch at this point as Kenina decides to get her own rest in. And you guys are keeping that low light from the fire. And... Ariel is trained on the direction of this. A couple hundred feet away, you see a large creature break the wood line out into the grasslands. Does it look like it's on four feet or two feet? Four. And it is large. I want to listen to see if it makes any, like, grunting sounds or anything like that. Heavy breathing. <laughs> Go ahead and roll perception. Mm, it's a five. Um... It is making its way towards the road, and you're not picking up any any like distinct like grunts or anything from it. But you can see that it is roughly the size, but a little larger than because you guys have like draft horses. I think mm-hmm. it's a little larger than the horses that you guys have, and it's just walking towards the road, a couple hundred feet away. So. Since I can, I have dark vision. What's outside of that range? Mostly, what you're able to see right now is just because the moon is out. Okay, and I don't see it like looking over my way. Hmm. Nothing that you can perceive. I'm just gonna stay super quiet. And since you can kind of see it now that it's out on the open, open ground, you see it make its way over. It's it's at a like calm walking pace. It walks to the road, walks over the road. And you see it walk in the direction that you know the lake is. I'm going to just stay super quiet and keep my eyes on it. Eventually, it's going to fade out from you being able to see it just due to the hilly, somewhat hilly nature of the land that you are on. And you can no longer hear it. And with that, Ariel's watch comes to a close. Hey, Tempest, it's your turn. Mm. Okay. Um, so there was a really large creature that's bigger than our horses. What? There was a large creature that was, I don't know what it was, but it was bigger than our horses. And I just stayed really quiet and it just kind of slowly meandered across the road and over to the lake. So I imagine it's probably going to make its way back, but it didn't really pay attention to us here. Okay. So, you can wake me up if, you know, it comes to get us, but I don't think it will. I think it's just, you know, doing its new normal routine. Okay. 
Do you want me to stay up with you? I think it'll be okay. Uh, uh Nina knows about it too. Okay. I just I can't see in the dark like and so this Oh. Uh, <laughs> I look at the fire. I didn't touch the fire. But as long as nothing gets any closer than you said it was, I think we'll be fine. I imagine if you didn't touch the fire, all that's there is like yeah, glowing it's, it's embers. Do you know how to fix that? If I need to, I can, yeah. Okay, because I can light a pebble or something for you too, but then it's going to be really <laughs> bright <Night> light. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be dim. And I think my light would probably attract whatever it is. It's fine. We've got the lantern if I need to. I can light it. All right, well then I'm going to head to bed. Good luck. Sleep well. Tempest, roll me a flat d20. 11. Okay. Your, your watch starts up and Ariel had told you about this creature. Kind of told you where it, where it had gone and everything. <laughs> Are you more worried, I guess, about the creature that Ariel had told you about or about keeping an eye on the woods? I'd be more worried about the gnolls in the forest. So much like Nina was, I'm posted up on the seat of the wagon with the lantern next to me, so if I need to light it, I can. But then I have a higher vantage point. Okay, go ahead and roll me perception. That's good. Uh, 19. You're about a half hour or so into your watch. And you're hearing a, a sound that's kind of cutting through the, the normal din of the nighttime creatures in the forest. Bit of a fluttery sound. And off a little bit to the east of you in the south district. Do I see anything flitting about? But it's still dark, so probably not. It's too dark for you to notice anything standing out against the backdrop of the woods. But that sounds coming towards you. I will stand up and squint. And the sound is coming at you relatively quickly. And you're squinting off in that direction. I'm expecting something to hit me in the face. <laughs> and, and you do see what seems to be kind of kind of a, a small, small, slightly darker spot moving towards you. And how do you do? I'd say it's 150 feet away or so. Um, I, I guess I'll I'll light my lantern. Okay, and you shine it off in that direction. Hood down, so it's not as like. Spotlight! So you've got the hood down, so it's not it's not blinding you, but it's not really shining a, a, a good light. But as the lantern starts, you, you hear that fluttering. It was coming towards you, and it doesn't stop because the creature needs to, to stay aloft. Mm-hmm. But it halts its momentum, and then much more directly, it's coming at you. 60 feet away. Slowly lift the hood. Okay, and as you're slowly lifting the hood, it ends up reaching into the uh, lantern light and flitting about in front of you, his twig, carrying a sack that is much too large for a pixie of her size. (laughs) Oh, look, when he's awake. One of us has to keep an eye out. You do? One of us never stays awake for the other to sleep. Yeah, but you have a house. I don't know what you guys do out here. I was just gonna, just gonna drop this off. What is it? Um, you're awake. Here, you take it. I will take and the she, sack. She f- flies like at you. Let's go. Let's <laughs> the momentum of it. <laughs> let's the momentum of it flop into your lap, and then she takes off up, does a circle around, and is like 10, 15 feet away from you. Ah. Uh, a gift? I will open the sack. There is a flask inside the sack. What's this? Uh, Lyrian said something about healing? I don't know. Something that he was making. Well, send our regards, I guess. Okay. I won't, though. He doesn't know I took it. <laughs> oh, oh shit. no! <laughs> Bye! Wait, wait, what? What <laughs> the hell is going on? 
So, Tempest isn't going to do anything with it until everybody else is awake. Especially since it's stolen goods. There's, uh, things to discuss. And I put the lantern back out. Can't waste fuel. What, what do you do with it, though? It was in your lap. Just set it on the seat next to me. Okay. Next to the lantern. And nothing more seemingly eventful happens. And your watch comes to a close. Ram. Mm. <laughs> You're up. Mm. Ram will stand up, stretch a little bit, and look over. Anything to report? Nah. All right. Get some sleep. He'll walk over and like add a single log to the coals. Oh, those are gone. They went another two hours without Still anyone throw a log adding. On there. <laughs> and he'll crawl up to the highest vantage point on the. The wagon that he can get without, like, you know, putting himself in an awkward position. Okay. So as you climb into the driver's seat, there's a sack sitting on the seat next to you. I look at it and open it. There's a flask inside of it. I look over his shoulder at where Tempest is settling down. All their sailors drink. Open it up and smell it. Doesn't smell like alcohol. Put his finger on the top and kind of do a little... Tastes a little like a healing potion. Screw the cap back on. It's not, it's not like a, a, a drinking flask. It's like a potion flask. So he'll tie that back in the bag, and he'll just kind of set it off to the side and just be like, hmm, start his watch. Hey, Rem, go ahead and uh, roll me a flat d20. Ten. Where are you placing your focus? The woods or out into the road? And kind of split it, keeping since he can't really see very well in the dark. Most of his focus is actually just going to the sounds. Okay. You're sitting there for half hour, 45 minutes, just listening to the, the sounds of the creatures, but the like the chirp of insects is slowly kind of fading out, and instead it's being replaced by the more, the more daytime critters as it, it rounds out. Being around 5 a.m., the sun is is starting to to shine, kind of casting casting light up into the sky above you. It's starting to brighten up to a point where you can you can see a little bit a little bit better. It's like you're seeing in dim light now. And one thing that catches your ears as you're listening around is the you hear the the rhythmic clicking of hooves on the road and the, the creaking of some form of carter wagon being pulled from the direction of Port Norsal towards you guys. Am I looking down the road in that direction? You can look in that direction if you'd like. I would say he would move as little as possible to, to view down the road in the direction of the sound. He's not going to stand up and just kind of like and he'll make it look as much like he's, you know, not staring at them, but he'll watch them approach fairly motionless. Okay. And this cart is slowly making its way. It's hours away at this point, but you're on a, you're kind of on, on the plains, and it's traveling on a road, so the sound is carrying very well in the, the early morning hours. And it's just slowly making its way, seemingly. I mean, from where you're at, you're not sure if they're planning to go um, on the north or south road around the lake. Because you guys are to the east of the lake before the road splits off into both directions. But they're leaving Port Norsal, as far as, I mean, from what you can see. Okay, he'll just watch them. But he'll still keep an ear out for anything around and slowly your your hour of watch starts to come to an end. He'll walk over to the dead fire and start trying to create a new one, letting everybody wake up if they will. Or... Okay, let's say after a few minutes, your your attempts are successful. Uh, the fire sparks back to life because even though, yes, the, the colds have died out, once you kind of start shifting them around, there's, there's always embers buried in them if it hasn't really gotten rained on or anything. Kenina will probably be one of the first to wake, smelling whatever smoke from the fire. fire. <laughs> Old like, fire. Kenina will probably be first to wake because she's early riser as, anyways. So, yeah, Kenina will probably kind of like roll over from where she was and just be like, ah, so fire smell? Morning, Rem. 
upon Nina chatting, Ariel would hear her voice and wake up, knowing it's time to start a morning workout. At the sound of the rest of them waking up, Tempest burrows deeper into her bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Can you know, probably help put some fuel on the fire and then maybe start doing some stretches and just be like, hey, Tempest, wanna, wanna join us for some exercise? <laughs> she rolls over. Another time then. <laughs> and one, and two. <laughs> you know the routine, Ariel. Let's do this. So everyone, except Tempest apparently, wakes up for the day, starts starts getting all of their, their morning routines out of the way. Is there anything anyone would like to uh, to get out of the way through morning and breakfast and all of that? Tempest will wake up when she smells food. Okay, so um, after uh, Nina and Ariel have done their morning routine, Nina will probably go ahead and start uh, helping with breakfast, getting out some of our dried venison, venison, cooking it up a little bit, softening it up, adding spices. Hey, what about that garlic that we found? Oh, yeah. Nina at Ariel's uh, behest will start doing slivers of garlic in with our morning saute of venison. The Tempest wakes up now that there's food and she'll sort of sit up with a blanket around her on her bedroll until somebody brings her food. So, that pixie? Twig? Yes, Twig. She, uh, made us a little visit last night. Oh, really? Yeah, dropped off a bag that had a bottle in it. Is that where that healing potion came from? Is that what it is? Mm, She didn't say what it was. She didn't know what it was. I think she stole it from the dude. Possible. Stole it from Lyrian? Yeah. Uh, oh. As she was leaving, she kind of offhandedly said something about he didn't know she took it. That wasn't very nice of her. I. Is it nice? I don't know. Is that. Do I we mean, keep it? It's like, nice that she wants to give us a gift. Is I mean, he going to think we stole it from him? He, is he going to notice it's gone? I don't know. I. Just, moral quandary. So I just. It's up on the. I, I just see. left it. I didn't want to I'm deal with it look. last night. I was too tired. Yeah, Kenina's going to probably go over there and. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't really feel right just taking this. As much as I would like to uh, accept a present from a new friend, I, I don't feel like this was this is necessarily the right way to go about it, especially if it wasn't hers to begin with. All that said, the pixie's carrying capacity ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe someone so small is able to carry, you know, something she'll probably like see the bag and give it a hoist. <laughs> just be like something this size all by her lonesome. My goodness. She'll Take a peek inside and hand it to Ariel. <laughs> you guys a see look. a sizable red potion sitting in it. Is it bigger than the ones that like I have? <laughs> yeah, I have. I don't know five if the size potions. itself would denote the difference in uh, in uh, quality. Yes, but perhaps it's a little more viscous. Because um, I'm proficient in herbalism. Would I know maybe like what he created or what he used to create this? Um, you can go ahead and uh, give me a um, intelligence check with proficiency. Uh-oh. I would have rolled better. Hey, we have inspiration if you want to use it. So with proficiency, it ends up being 13. You can tell that it's a, it's a healing potion um, just at your somewhat cursory glance at it. If someone wanted to spend more time with it in the future, they might get a, a better understanding of this potion's potency. Well, here's the question. Do we want to make the trek back to return it? Well, I don't really think there's a question involved. I definitely want to return it. Hearing the conversation, we will look over and be like, that's going to take a half a day out of our trip just to return this bottle. That's true, but I don't feel right taking something that's technically stolen. True. But we also aren't supposed to tell anybody we know he's there. I mean, we wouldn't be telling anybody. We'd just be giving back, and we never gave an estimate on how long we'd take for our scouting trip. But on another note, if we wanted to, we could always just send a message from Port Norsal back. 
He did say he was from Port Norsal. He probably returns there for uh, supplies every now and then. We may be able to leave it there for him. We find someone that deals with him. You can write a note and leave it in the bag telling him that uh, Twig brought it to us and that you're returning it. Mm-hmm. I do believe we need to make haste that camp encampment that we found, though we did find it there, may not stay there either. I suppose, but it would definitely probably take them a little bit to clear out. There's quite a bit of... They could leave half of it behind. How long does it take to get back to Darren from here? It's going to take us uh, over a day. Over a day? Yes, like a day and, and a half. For for meta purposes, you guys are at the, the rough halfway point. You're a day and a half to Port Norsal if you want to send a letter, or a day and a half to uh, Starin if you want to deliver the information in person. Well, I think we need to head towards Darren, and we can maybe hang on to the bottle, and on our way back to Port Norsal, we can maybe stop there and give it back to him. Also, also an option. Yeah, I think that's probably a better plan, so that way we don't delay in getting back and delivering our news. That seems the most feasible option. Yeah, because I don't want to just leave it with just anyone, because things like this, you know, can be rather valuable, and as well as the fact that we have no guarantee that he actually does go into town to go retrieve items and such, because he did have quite a lot of uh, survival and living in the woods type books from what you said. Ariel is grinning ear to ear because you guys liked her idea. <laughs> we'll, we'll hang on to it for now and we'll make sure it stays safe and then we'll return it on our way back. So I guess we'll go ahead and head off to Staren. So uh, so at this point we, we take an interesting shift and you guys jump into the rocket ship known as your guys' cart. <laughs> <laughs> um... Basically, I'm going to ask for one d20 from one of you guys. Caitlin. Five. Um, so at this point, um, unless there's any role play that you guys want to take care of along the way. Not particularly. I imagine Kanina would be helping drive in the front as usual. But other than that, we'd probably just be going about our way. Could, could someone use this time to be looking at the potion to try to figure it out? Yes, they could. I would love to do that. If it's okay, Did are you the one that had it? I probably did, but I probably would have been fine with handing it over to you as long as, you know, you said you'd keep it safe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, since we're kind of fast-tracking this, have that, that moment of roleplay then. Well, we should definitely keep this safe um, so that we didn't get damaged before we hand it back to its owner. But uh, So she'll go ahead and start tying it up to keep safe. Um... Along the way, if you don't mind, I'd like to actually study it. I won't use it or anything. I just want to maybe learn its properties. And, you know, it could be useful for something that I, in the future, could make some. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I mean, just be careful with it because, you know, it's not ours, but yeah, sure. Yeah, I know. And then she'll hand it over. So you have plenty of time along the way, especially being an herbalist. You don't have any problems identifying that this is a greater potion of healing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is a it is a tier 2 potion of healing, which was what? 44 plus 4. Did I figure out what was he used to create it? That information isn't exactly rare to come by. It's more that it's expensive to purchase the ingredients and the uh, the knowledge of actually creating it is more uncommon. Is that maybe something you could tell me later so maybe I can keep a lookout and saving money to buy stuff to make my own? Um, she recognizes that it's largely the same ingredients that go into making a standard potion of healing. Okay. And with that, unless there's anything else anyone would like to get done on this day of travel, then you guys spend a day on the road making it to um, on your way to Starin. Who would like to give me a flat d20 to see how the night goes? I will. That is a unnatural 20. No, sorry. <laughs> Just a 20. So you guys rotate through your watches as as normal, and nothing uh, nothing particularly eventful comes up. 
And you guys wake up on the 29th of Bellinus. Why don't we get one more flat D20 from Rem or Ariel to see how things go? 12. All right. Kind of early to mid-afternoon. Go ahead and say at about 1 p.m. The cart pulls into the village of Starin once again. Um, who's driving? I suppose Kanina would be. Okay, where does Kanina take the cart? Probably to where we had it last time. at uh... The Fair and Travel Company? Yes, to the Travel Company. All right, so Kanina takes the cart up into the, the front of the village and pulls in front of the Farron Travel Company. Mm-hmm. And I imagine it's everyone start getting, getting like, ready to disembark the cart. Yeah, I suppose so. We'll want to deliver our news and such, and we might grab a meal. So Kanina will go, all right, so I guess we'll... Uh, settle in for a little bit and deliver our news, maybe get some food and then I'll go ahead and uh, tell the trader company that we're here and we'd like to uh, settle in our horse and wagon. Interestingly enough, having heard the uh, the cart stop out front, the the elven, I believe half-elven woman walks out of the fair and travel company and stops and tilts her head, looking at you very confused. I thought we were done here. What are you doing back? And so soon. Good afternoon. Uh, we decided to uh, do a little side mission here. We wanted to do some scouting for the no activity in the area. So. I thought we had already settled all of your accounts. Oh, uh, we're almost done here. We're starting to trouble you some more. So are you staying once again? Uh, I think we'll probably stay the night. It is the day is half over already and maybe set out in the morning. She kind of puts a hand up to her forehead and rubs her temples. She's like, oh, the amount of paperwork that you guys are causing me to do. I'm very sorry for the extra work. We'll do our best to be on our way shortly and not cause you any more trouble. Yes, yes. You're staying overnight and then there's more paperwork to do in the morning. Just pretend we weren't here. I can't do that. I could lose my job. I mean, we could, uh park our, the, the horse and the cart elsewhere if it would give you less paperwork. Well, you haven't parked it yet. So is that a yes? You want us to, to pull it elsewhere? Well, once you park it here, then I have to start filling out the paperwork. Yes, I... Nina, why don't you just park it just outside the gate? Yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. So Nina will go ahead and she'll kind of like get back into the wagon and... I refuse to be complicit in going outside of the system. Rim will hop down from the thing before it leaves and just be like, yeah, yeah, real uh, rule bender there. And he'll start walking towards the, the black Wait, cart. Wait, where are we going? Uh, I'm just going to I'm just gonna park the wagon and the horses outside. Uh, we're causing a little bit of too much trouble to the, the trader. Yeah, here. but I don't want Princess out there if we're staying the night. Well, uh, I mean, I'd be what fine. What if somebody comes by? I, I can keep watch outside with Are we just going to camp outside here then? We just left them in the forest. I know, and I think days. they've been through a lot. I think that they deserve to have a good rest. I mean, they, they can have a good rest out here. Uh, we'll keep them company and make sure they're fed and watered. Oh, so we're going to camp out here? We can, or we can get an inn, and we haven't decided that yet. Have we already pulled away? I'm starting to. You can stop. Okay, just wait. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ariel's going to go over. out and go talk to the lady. Malin was making her way back inside the travel company as Ariel gets down to go uh, follow her. Uh, wait, wait, lady. Yes? I'm sorry that this is going to cause you paperwork. Um, you know, I understand it's your job to do the paperwork, but I really don't, I really care for these horses and I don't want them to be stuck out there. They've already gone through a lot. Wait, 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 you care for these horses. Yeah, I do. You do? Yep. Do you remember the condition you first brought them to me in? That is old news, and I have given them apples and carrots and have learned how to take care of them now. You guys have been gone for two days. They deserve to have some rest. What have you done with them in that time? They grazed on some grass, and they ate carrots. And anyway, I was gonna ask, how much would it cost for me to 
you know, give you a little coin to make you happy. A little ching ching. <laughs> and she's gonna like take out her little purse. Our standard rates are ten gold a night. Jesus. Okay, and for you to to be happy about this, how about like I do like twelve gold, a couple extra gold just for you. For what? Um, for you just to be happy instead of being so crabby. I am happy. You, okay. Right now I am a little upset, but generally I am a happy person. Okay, well, you know, for like this customer service thing, you're kind of coming across grouchy. And for you to make such a fuss over your own job... Well, it's anyway, not about it being my job. Here. It's about the amount of paperwork I have done for you specifically. And in just a few days. And you know what? I thought I was done with you. We are your customers, and I can report above you if you would like. Or you can be quiet and be happy, and I will give you these extra two gold along with the ten. I'm sure my superiors would love to hear from you. Sure. I will still take your gold. Are you gonna stop giving us such a hassle? She just holds an open palm out to you. Are you gonna stop giving us such a hassle? I don't like to hear you fussing and arguing with my friends. She is almost pointedly looking like up to the side of you. All right, well, if. She starts tapping her foot. Ariel is gonna take out her coin and go, one. Two, three, and then she's going to continue to go to ten. And then when she takes out the eleven and twelve, she's going to go to place them in her hand. But oops, drop them. Oh, I'm sorry about that. But that's your two. And then she's going to walk away. She tucks the coins into a coin purse at her belt, picks up the two that you had dropped Huffs, turns, and walks back into the building. Let's go put our cart, our horses in the... The door slams behind her. Kanina's kind of a little a little flustered. Like, she's, like, not super happy with how the situation turned out, but she's also glad, you know, that the horses and stuff will be in the town and we won't have to, you know, necessarily you know, keep watch over everything outside the town. So she'll go ahead and kind of wheel back in the horses and the wagon a little bit closer so that I can get geared up for being in there <laughs> and uh, as the cart is being wheeled around you guys all just hear oh what called up Malin's ass today <laughs> and we'll cut over to Rem who has made his way over to the blackguard ah uh, it's you I well come on in so you've come back. I have. What do you have for me? We found the location of a knoll encampment. You did. We did. We also managed to kill six knolls. Oh, holy shit! There's two small scouting parties. Caught them uh, independent of each other. Could have overwhelmed us if they'd come both at once. Now uh, you looked like uh, you, you look like you've made it okay though. We were lucky. So. uh... Where's this knoll encampment, then? Rim will pull out his, uh, his journal that he sketched his map in. He'll ask, do you have a, a map of the area? I... He takes you over to a, a big table that has, like, the region essentially mapped out. You can see there's various trade routes along the way. So using the larger map, Rim will look at his book and kind of, you know, try to guess kind of where it is, because obviously the Trying to triangulate as best. Yeah, he'll be like, when we traveled to here, camped for the night and traveled into the forest. After a, about a day of traveling, I climbed a tree, saw the mountain here, the road here, and he's showing the, the map he drew as well. He's like, and then the encampment was in this direction. Looking at your map, it's looking like that might be around this area. And uh, kind of as, as you start lining things out, he grabs a, a stack of, uh, or a sheet of parchment and, uh, a straight edge 
and as you're pointing out, kind of you, he he lays it out over where the forest would be on the map, so that he can line it up with the various points that you said that you could see, so that he can start like kind of re-triangulating to recopy it onto his his own map, and try and come up with a, a more concrete area based on the road landmarks that you couldn't draw from where you were at. Just giving him kind of like the distances I could figure out where I saw the mountain and the lake and the road. He's looking over his map and he goes, ah, they're, uh, they're a lot deeper into the woods than I expected them to be. It was a fairly large encampment. I saw several outbuildings, with like a few wagons, possibly ones they've uh, raided over the time. Yes, and uh, I can see looking here, it does line up pretty good with about the, the halfway point along the road. Uh, I'm surprised at how the the attacks went that they're so far far into the forest but I suppose if uh, they can travel very quickly I was gonna say and uh, they they probably know their way through the woods at this point too yeah we did run across a would look like possibly a bear kill that they might have had for food as well as a, a clearing with an awakened tree an awakened tree Yes, named Barrowbeard. He uh, he kind of gave us directions. He would be located over in this area. Kind of slides over, points at an area. And he's looking. He's like, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit out of the way. Uh, yes. So, uh, what 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 is uh? I mean, you said, you said this tree had a name. Yes, Barrowbeard. He's an awakened tree. Apparently, um, something to do with the sentinel of the forest tends to commune with pixies. I've, uh, I've heard like legends tell of, of, of sentinels of the forest as you described it. Yes, he did provide us with a, a place of rest uh, in the forest for the evening. I, uh, not, not something I myself have ever, ever heard of. He says there are quite a few of them in that forest, so uh, clearings, especially clearings with mushrooms be, be wary of angering pixies. I, well, uh, you know, I've not been one to spend much time in the forest, so that could explain a little bit of that. And have you ever heard of a man named Lyrian? A Lyrian. Not a Lyrian, just Lyrian. Lyrian. Uh, doesn't really ring a bell to me. Not someone that I know here. Okay. Why, uh, did you run into trouble with a, with a no. Lyrian? No trouble. Just, uh, just trying to identify a man. Ah. We ran into him in the woods. Uh, I'll ask it Portnosal as well. He says he's from there. In- interesting. Uh, yeah. N- nothing I've heard. Nothing I've heard. But I'm based out of here, so unless uh, someone had had come here looking for him, uh, there's there's no reason that I would have would have heard of uh, this Lyrian guy. He seemed relatively harmless, but we did just run into him in the woods. Short yeah, short amount of time. No one. Knowing what's been going on in the woods, I uh, I understand your concern. So with the uh, with the information that you've brought me, I have a bit of a proposal for you. What might that be? Well, you, uh, your your group, and a handful of my men. We go into those into those woods. We find this camp, and we take care of Grimfang for good. I can't say I saw Grimfang at the camp. Well, if he's there, then we take care of him for good. And if he's not there, then we take care of all the rest of the Knoll bastards. There's coin in it for you, and whatever else you find loot in the camp. Well, I can't speak for the rest of my party. I'm not opposed to it, but I would have to bring it up to them. All right. In that case, uh... Why don't you go ahead and you, you talk with them. Let them know what I have to say. Let them know I'm willing to send send five of my own men with you. All of them, all of them trained and ready for battle. Hmm. To make sure to wipe out these bastards. I'll, I'll I'll speak with them. If you guys don't feel like feel like heading in there again to take care of them, I'll see what I can do with Sterengeld. Knowing where they are, they might they might give me a contingency of men to go take care of it on our own. But I figured I'd offer it to you guys first, since you are the ones that brought me this information. 
I should have an answer for you by morning. Alright. For what you've done so far, though, I can give you a little bit of an advance. And he goes over to a... Like, behind the desk that, that you had seen him go to before. And you hear him fiddling around with something behind there. And, uh, yeah, you hear coins being moved from one sack to another. And he, uh, he comes back to you and hands you a... a it's, it's a fairly small coin purse. But he hands you a coin purse with a decent handful of coins in it. Rim won't insult him by counting them here. He'll say... I'll talk to them. And this for the information that you brought us. I think I promised I'd pay you for it. Yes, you did. Well, I look forward to hearing from you by tomorrow. And he walks over to the door to heave it open for you again. And Rem will walk out and look for everyone else. What climbed up Malin's ass? Well, uh, <laughs> nice job, Ariel, for getting that done. Uh, too bad that... Poor Malin, not too happy about all the work. I don't think she likes her job. I, I don't know if it's so much that she doesn't like the job so much as she doesn't like you people. I mean, you're not regulars. You kind of show up for the first time and cause her a bunch of problems. <laughs> well, we haven't exactly had an easy time of it either, but we'll do our best not to cause any more trouble from now on. <laughs> it's not like we asked to get attacked by gnolls. <laughs> but she acts as if it we were. I mean, you know, when it... Coming from her, uh, it's still an inconvenience whether you ask for the inconvenience or not. I imagine we're not the first in inconvenience. <laughs> and around this point, Rem walks up as well. The uh, the the stable hands have come and taken care of the horses and cart for you guys. Oh, welcome back, Rem. Hmm. We go get a bite to eat at the end. Yeah, let's grab a something to eat and drink, and I'll have something to discuss with you. Yeah. Getting, uh, getting something to eat. Sounds good right about now. Who are you? Hi, yes, I'm Lydia Stonewell. You've met me before quite a few times now. Huh. <laughs> yes, uh, Miss Lydia, do you want to join us for some food then while we discuss our adventures? Yeah, I'm already making my way there. Like she's, well, I, I mean, no, as she's walk? saying that, she's walking away. Just like, yeah, I'm already Free making booze. my way there. Uh, already then. I need to go to the Tavern Inn place. And uh, you guys enter uh, Lyft's Rest, and I think that's a good time for us to wrap up for the night. Big decisions are made. <laughs> well, and it's we're after eleven. We and attack at dawn. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. And I feel like it might be good to away. give everyone out of character some time to think about where they might want to go with this next part. We attack at dawn. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Aurelia. If you are liking what you hear, consider rating the show and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you know someone who might like fantasy stories and think they might like the show, help them find us by showing them adventuresinaurelia.com, where they can listen to episodes, read our blog, and find links to subscribe to the show. We are also available in your favorite podcast apps. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate to us monthly on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash adventuresinaurelia. $1 a month gives you access to all our bonus content and helps us raise the funds needed to improve the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send an email to feedback at adventuresinarelia.com or you can join our Discord server at adventuresinarelia.com forward slash Discord. We'd love to hear from you. Lastly, we'd like to thank the artists who allow us to use their music in our show. Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, Tabletop Audio, Windswept, Sirenscape, Alexander Nakarada from Serpent Sound Studios, Adrian Von Ziegler, Jamie Brace, Derek and Brandon Feichter, and Scott Buckley. You can find links to all of these wonderful artists at adventuresinarelia.com forward slash music. We'd like to thank BattleBards.com for allowing us to use their songs and sound effects in our production. If you'd like to bring these sounds from the world of Aurelia to your home game, sign up for BattleBards Prime. Your BattleBards Prime subscription will give you access to stream all songs from their catalog, as well as a 20% discount on all purchases. Use the coupon code Aurelia, that's E-R-Y-L-I-A, when signing up to get 15% off the cost of your subscription. Can I use yes. my 20 for that? Yes, Yeah. but you've got to make it sound good. Okay. Or I'm not going to give it to so you. Go ahead and roll. Okay. Noise again. <laughs>
That doesn't work if you say it when you do it. (laughs) Roll again without saying it. Batter up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a blunt object. (laughs) They wake up very similar. (laughs) Just a different octave. Potion. Flask. Because <laughs> I've been told I need to clarify that it's a potion flask. <laughs> it's not unreasonable. <laughs> you you look. Could have been the- a water flask. No, then it has to be natural. <laughs> it's a dirty twenty. How do you get a dirty twenty on a flat yeah, it's roll? A, it's a flat D twenty. Isn't it just a natural twenty? Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> so I was like, all this weird talk about how the 20 is a 20 when it's a 20. I was joking because of my shirt. Oh, we can't see your shirt. I know, but okay. you've seen the shirt. You know the reference. 